Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I'm Dane Alves. I have a fat ass and a bad attitude. Uh, just kidding. I don't have either of those, but I just thought that what, you know, um, Anya, uh, what's her name? I don't even remember what the heck. Basically, you know, she had a lot of great stuff to say. So I I support her. And uh, yeah, that's how I feel. I do actually technically have a uh, uh, bouncy butt. But either way. This is Wrestling Inks Alliance, and if you guys have never listened to us, just <laughs> you're going to be having a lot of fun. Uh, we do the show weekly, usually recording it uh, on a Saturday, getting it out about Monday. It was a long weekend, Easter and whatnot, so uh, we're recording it actually on Monday, so we'll have the show out. We're going over WrestleMania, so all new listeners, uh, stick around, enjoy what you hear, and I could not do this show by myself. It's Anna J, by the way. That's who I was going for. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, do you have a fat ass and a bad attitude? I'm gonna Always, to- man. <laughs> I think I have. A, I definitely got the fat ass covered. I'm in a pretty good mood today, so maybe not the bad attitude. Oh, that's good. Gotta, gotta, gotta try harder for that. Uh, but what have you been up to outside of, uh, you know, obviously watching Mania last weekend? Well, uh, other than Mania and wrestling related stuff, um, I have been catching up on uh, Yellow Jackets and The Mandalorian. Uh, love both those shows, two of my favorites, and have enjoyed what I've seen. And movie wise, I watched, um, I had a couple train movies. Uh, I watched that new one with Brad Pitt, and I'm struggling right now on the name of it. Um, bunch of great actors. Bull, bullets. Bullet, Bullet Train? Tra- yes, yeah. and I loved it. So that made me go back and watch uh, Train to Busan and also, um, oh, God, Snow Bra- or, no, wait, Snow Piercer, which both movies are incredible. Uh, train movies are really well, like it, it's hard to pull that concept off, but you can make a really cool movie on a train, like strange on a train, you know? Yeah. Are you going to, did you do three ten to Yuma or is that on your list next? And then how many times did you listen to train train by Blackfoot? Because I feel like that's also not required. only did I listen to train train from Blackfoot, but I also listened to the whole entire first album from the band train. <laughs> and now I'm back in the atmosphere with the drops of Jupiter in my hair. Uh, 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 uh. Uh-huh. Man, but you listen to the whole album, not just the single. So I, I feel for you there. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't really watch too much. I do love Bullet Train. I saw that uh, a couple of months back and really, really enjoyed it. I think we actually watched it Great twice. Movie. Um, yeah, I, it's really, it's a really fun movie. It's like one of the better action comedy type films i've seen in a long time so i really really enjoyed that fucking movie uh as far as shit i've been watching hockey uh lots of youtube stuff not really any shows to speak of i am still finishing 90210 i am now on season nine so i am 
rounding through the bases here, <laughs> leading into the very end of the show. Brandon has gone. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen uh, joined the cast yet? She has, and she was my favorite. Valerie is my favorite character on 90210, oh, but gosh, she is uh, beautiful. Still, she's, she's still gorgeous, by the way, guys. Just go follow her on Instagram. I don't understand. I think she drinks baby's blood, but, you know, I could be wrong. She's kind of great on 90210 because basically Brenda leaves the show and they bring in uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen to replace her character. And she is the slutty Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> she is the definitely the shit stir, the, the, the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak, to keep everything moving forward on that show. But she just left. She's gone. So she is off of the cast at this point in season nine. She left to go back to Buffalo. Brandon Walsh is gone. But. Dylan McKay, a.k.a. Luke Perry, Jungle Jack Perry's dad, he's back. So that's uh, that's where I'm at in the series <laughs> for my weekly 90210 update. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. The Devils uh, NHL playoffs start either the end of this week or beginning of next week. They have one more regular, one or two more regular season games going, and then it'll be full-fledged NHL playoffs for me. Well, hell yeah. You know, that that, that sounds uh, awesome. And uh, you got a lot of stuff to look forward to with hockey. Um, yeah, uh, l- let's, uh, I guess, start off this episode since we're kind of recording a little bit later. And we have Monday Night Raw that I think for me and Chris is going to answer a lot of questions uh, that were definitely left on the table last week. So we should probably get into some of this. We have only a couple news items, but Chris, we got to definitely talk about these before we review WrestleMania, uh, just because of you know just the grasp and or, or, or not not really the grasp the uh, oh no, now I'm blanking on uh, on a very common word, but like you know the scope, <laughs> if you will, you of everything. There you go. Uh, so what, there, what, I do have I do have some breaking news related to one of these ooh. scopes, which is uh, Vince McMahon reported as of uh you know 5:30 today is not at WrestleMania or not at Rus- not he's at he was at WrestleMania he is not at Raw tonight so he's not going to be there for the live broadcast which was a worry for some people so yeah uh, for understandable reasons too but uh three big things for three different promotions we'll do the WWF one since it kind of corresponds with the WrestleMania you know, uh, results, if you will. Uh, but the first two, and thank God about that, man. Ugh, that makes me feel a hell of a lot. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll definitely get into it, but dude, we have a new IWGP champion. Uh, it's Sonata, uh, Okada, you know, at, at, what was it? New Genesis, uh, which was Saturday, well, they're Saturday night, but like, you know, the morning for us over here. Uh, Okada put over Sonata for the title. Uh, he won a tournament, I guess, to get this. I don't know, honestly, exactly what tournament specifically, but, you know, I really like Sonata. Uh, great Muda. Uh, that's his last protege and like his prime protege, if you will. He's, you know, stated that a lot, which probably makes Bushi feel like shit, but, you know, shit happens. But um, he's a great fucking wrestler. <sighs> what I have to say to you, what am I, and you know, I don't know if you if you feel the same way. It just feels like with Okada, he's kind of replaced Tanahashi in a lot of ways, if you will, to Amer- American standards, 
how John Cena with Roman Reigns. And what I'm saying is basically the guy that can get the title back because he's more reliable in a lot of ways. We saw this with Omega. You know, we saw this uh, with uh, Shingo Takage. We saw this uh, with Kota Bushi. We saw this with Naito twice now. Um, and I believe there's others. Maybe I'm just like blanking right now off the top of my head, but where Okada puts over this guy, he's going to be the new guy of the company. And then they inevitably go back to Okada. I don't think that's going to happen right now with Sonata, but strange that Okada kind of said that he might need new scenery, um, that he basically thinks that he's done everything in new Japan. I don't know if that would be him saying, Maybe you'll see me in AEW that's still got a connection and he can do New Japan, you know, or uh, who knows, you know, WWE, whatever. It's a it's. It's an interesting statement from their ace and uh, it's Kishiko Kata. He's always reliable for the belt, but I thought it was very out of nowhere, Chris, honestly, that's not got the belt from him. And I love Sonata. I hope he can do this, but it just seems like evil's another one. Uh, you know, a long list of guys, even if they're talented as hell, that they are like, well, well, we'll try them out. Okay, that didn't work out because we're like, like Netflix reactionary style shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cabo Bebop, we're going to spend a shit ton of money on this. Uh, it didn't do as well for the first couple of weeks. We're going to cancel it. And they wonder why they're in a financial hole. But like, with New Japan specifically, they're very reactionary. It's always a good idea to go back to Okada. Just like beforehand, like I said, it was Tanahashi was an option. And uh, do you think Sonata will sustain what they're going for? Um, and do you think that Okada's serious about maybe trying to look somewhere else because of the fact that, I mean, he's fucking done everything in New Japan. Yeah. I also, mean, I, uh, big... I completely forgot to say that Takahashi came out and he told Sonata, you know, congratulations. But he just, I think, rewon the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion and actually went after the belt for Sonata. So it looks like we're going to have maybe the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion possibly going against a, a not, not a former, a, a fellow member of, you know, LIJ with. Uh, Takahashi against Sonata. So that was another thing that was uh, from that pay-per-view. Sorry. Yeah, so this one's a little hard for me because I just don't know enough about New Japan contracts as far as can Okada even leave or is he locked up into some kind of weird deal like Kota Ibushi signed to. But as far as like some of the championship transitions they've made, I mean, Okada put over, you know, Kenny, right? And then Kenny left three months into his run. So then the belt went to t- when the belt went to Jay White on that one. Jay White had like a good little run with it. They decided that wasn't working. They put the belt back on Okada. That's fine. Then we get the runs of Naito and Abushi. Naito gets injured. Has uh, gone. Then you have COVID. Then Abushi has a Don't short reign. Yeah, Shingo has the belt for a bit. So you get, you've had a bunch of like almost just transition champs while they try to figure out who is going to be the next guy because originally the thought was Kota was the next guy. That Kota Ibushi was going to be the one to take over for Okada, kind of put Okada more in the Tanahashi role of things, and we have seen how that's worked out. Um, 
I don't necessarily know that that means that Okada is going to be leaving for good. It could just be that he's going to come do a run working in AEW and working in New Japan strong. We've seen a lot of that recently. Uh, right now, Tanahashi has been doing New Japan strong, doing some impact uh, shows. Hell, I think he didn't even show up on a GCW show. So it could just be that they're going to send Okada to America for a bit, give him a little bit of a break, freshen him up, and then bring him back. Sonata won the, what was it, the New Japan Cup? Not the yes, G1, that's, but the that's actual what the name of it was. Yep. Right. So, uh, Sonata's not a bad choice. The fans are really, really like him. They've been giving him a decent push as of late. So it's going to be interesting to see what the run looks like because, uh, I mean, Naito is still part of LIJ, right? Eventually, you would think he would want to challenge for the uh, championship as well. So uh, that's that's fun. It's been a little harder for me to keep up with New Japan recently. I've just not been heavily invested since Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe I will check out this uh, Sonata Okada match because I'm sure it was fucking great, but I, I haven't watched it yet. I just kind of got I actually got the news from you on this. So I'm I'm real behind on New Japan in general, I guess. I was baffled, man, when I found out, honestly, like I was like, whoa, OK, well, you know, this is Okada's that person. But like even hearing him and I wish I still had the statement of what he said exactly. Uh, at the whole entire thing, but you know, it is an idea. The the, the two things, <laughs> if we were to say like you know, inevitably maybe, and we all don't know this, his contract's coming up in the next couple months or something like that. Um, with the idea that Vince might be more in charge of creative, that scares the fuck out of me because he did not understand Shinsuke Nakamura like Triple H did, I don't think, um, and just how he is. But at the same time, uh, you know, nothing. this is nothing against Tony. It's the fact that, well, I guess a little bit, you know, AEW just has so many fucking people. So, you know, that's... That's a little bit either way. I'm sure that this is more like he's just saying this and this is like to like create intrigue much from what I'm hearing. Uh, the Bailey stuff is and what she's posting online is to like, you know, create intrigue. And who knows? We'll we'll probably find out one way or another. But this is what wrestlers do. So this is why they post stuff on, you know, Twitter. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's not. And Okada seems like a very new japan guy so it, it more likely will probably be like like we said like going to new japan strong working with some of those guys get them a little bit more better at themselves and then working probably for impact and also aw but it is the rainmaker so i want to see him still high profile no matter what um either place you know if if we're going towards the two biggest with aw and wwe can they find a, a spot to be able to highlight him the way he should be? That's the biggest thing to me, Chris. Yeah, I mean, he has a walk-in-the-door spot against AEW, it, you know, yes. if they if they want to use him right, just because you still have everything that he's accomplished against Jay White in Kenny Omega. So you have built-in stuff there. You also have Brian Danielson specifically calling out Okada and them kind of going back and forth, uh, wanting to have a match together. So, I mean, there's three huge storylines right there set up for them even if the, he just comes in for a few months or whatever but uh you know all this conversation stuff is kind of coming around 
the same announcement as Tony being like, we need to do Wim, uh, Wembley, right? So I'm assuming that's going to be a huge crossover event. And maybe that's part of what this is, is, is you know, drumming up interest and then having Okada come and, sh- you know, show up for some uh, U.S. dates to get that name back out there before they go and and do this big show at Wembley. But they're going to, and I guess that's the other big news we can kind of get into here in a bit, but... Um, Let's go right into it, actually. I mean, that's the next big thing. AEW. A very... I will say it's definitely uh, like this because of what happened ratings-wise. They didn't really hit... uh, Not only... You know, I'm not trying to, like, take away from AEW, but I'm just saying, like, usually ratings are up for wrestling programming, and it's been like this in the past for Impact um, after WrestleMania weekend. There's, like, a resurgence. And look... If, if it is like this with some fans where they were so pissed off that that caused them, I, I don't know about that. You know, there's still a separation a lot of times from AEW and WWE, but me and Chris watch both. There's a lot of people that love wrestling that watch both. And there was, I think they were down in the 800s, which was not what they would expect, especially based on the fact that this big announcement has been promoted for the last several days before the show. And last time they exceeded expectations with the announcement that Adam Cole was going to have a match and they were going to start their new reality TV show. Tony has been called out, and I think understandably so, in a lot of ways, for his announcements. And this one actually was a big fucking announcement. And I don't think I get it. You know, if you do something over and over again, it's going to you know, probably do a little bit less and who knows what's going to happen the next time you promote this. It could be completely different, but either way, I think Tony kind of tampered the, uh, the viewers from past, uh, you know, exploitations of saying we're going to have a huge announcement or whatever. But this one, I mean, really Wembley stadium, you can get 90,000 max people in that place. This is the biggest place for music and it's been worked one time uh, essentially with wwe in 92 for their show well i, I believe it was Su- yeah SummerSlam with uh the big highlight being the intercontinental title match with uh british bulldog versus bret hart and then also before that the world title match with ultimate warrior and macho man Randy savage and i think they got i want to say it was between 60 and 70 but still, huge crowd. Um, my whole thing, and I was we were kind of talking back and forth about this. Like, it's, it's daring. And I think that Tony is a badass for doing this. I love the fact that he's calling it All In. You know, uh, because All In was everyone going All In on the original pay-per-view. And they were able to achieve it. And I think the next step really was the Ring of Honor, New Japan uh, pay-per-view at Madison Square Garden. And then AEW obviously flourishing to where it's gotten. You know, this is the next big thing. And Wembley, I think if they get... I heard Justin Labar say this. He works for Wrestling Inc. um, And he was on Busted Open. Like 30 to 40, honestly, would be a great job if they get that. They can go up to 90,000. And... uh, if you look at WWE, you know, let's be honest with you, 80,000 both nights for WrestleMania, 
who knows if that's fucking real. I mean, you got to understand, they like when they say overall attendance, that gets away from who bought a ticket. It's basically saying like every employee that worked there, everyone from WWE themselves, any catering or whatever the fuck, they count that up and round it up as much as they can, which is understandable, you know. Um, I expect AEW to do the same thing with Wembley. I'm just saying, this is very daring of them. This is very, uh, I don't know, Chris. Uh, I really hope they can get something. They definitely have to build a card in four months uh, for this. And this is going to be a couple weeks after, you know, WWE comes into town in the UK for Money in the Bank. I don't think they're doing it. I think they're doing it at the O2 Center uh, as opposed to Wembley Stadium. Uh, but still, I mean, yeah, I, we can talk about like possibilities of matches that might be on the card, but I, I, I'm assuming from where this is, this is going to be right in between where they had forbidden door and all out that one of those pay-per-views are going to be gone for this year, at least, uh, to make room for this. I could be wrong. They could do whatever, but Chris, this, this is a huge deal for Tony to try this, and it's very ambitious. Um, I don't know if it's going to smack him in the face. Like I said, I think if they get thirty to 40,000 people in attendance, then they will be fine. That's a huge financial success because that will def- – I, I, I'm almost positive beat their attendance uh, record uh, in New York City. So who knows? What do you think? Well, I think Arthur Ashe was 30,000, right? And it's going to be first yes. time in. So I think they're going to have a huge, huge draw just because it's the first time there, right? So that's in itself kind of is going to give them a boost. But right now, storyline wise, I don't know that they have a match that is going to push that number much higher than that. So I think that's kind of a fair assumption for. Anywhere, anyone who's out there kind of saying this could be, you know, 30, 40,000. WWE did 62,000 at Clash of the Castle. And they've at least been, you know, a bit more established, obviously, as a, uh, you know, wrestling uh, concept itself. You're expecting, as Tony Khan, you know, you're expecting the British audience to be there, which we know that they're not on one of the, uh, from what I hear at least, one of the biggest channels. Uh, the British audience to be there to support it, American audience to get there, and also Japanese audience, Australian audience, come in as well. That's asking a lot out of fans, but at the same time, if you provide a bill, this is where you fucking basically crunch I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, uh, including probably you, but, uh, you know, maybe whatever the fuck is going on CM Punk, get that worked out and try to get him and Kenny Omega. I mean, this is definitely where you have a big match profile for Brian Danielson, maybe Okada. Uh, you have Sting, who, you know, is on his last several matches. He can stretch it out like Great Muda saying, this, could, this is my last tag match with Darby Allin or something like that. And make that a big deal. You also have the fact that Tony has talked about Goldberg. If you want to get Wardlow really over, fucking have him beat Goldberg. So there are ways to get people to watch this whole entire thing. Um, 
uh, Sasha is another example, or or Mercedes Monet or whatever. Um, going against Jamie Hader, maybe you know, uh, but it's still going to be. I'm scared based on Tony's booking in the past to be able to make this feasible. Um, you know, I'm sure MJF's going to have a good suitable opponent, whether it maybe be Adam Cole or whoever, uh, maybe Kenny Omega as well. You know, there's got to be a lot on the table to do well on this. And I think they can get 40,000. I hope they can get way more than that. I really do. I, I don't think they're going to get 90,000. WWE didn't do it in fucking 92. Um, so it will be very interesting. But either way, this is very bold. This is very uh, just it's it's a, it's it's awesome that Tony's trying to do this. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's if he can do it, man, he can really make a fucking statement. Um, and that's the thing. It's not a fold. That's what people are going to fucking bullshit with and, and, and lie to themselves. All these marks on the fucking internet. If they get fucking 40,000 people and people are going to be like, oh, that's a that's not good. You're an idiot. It's Wembley Stadium. So, you know, just see what they can do. And uh, hopefully they exceed 60,000, man. Like, hopefully they get the fucking 70 or 80. You know, and do the same thing WWE does. Count every motherfucker there working, uh, anything. Just do what you got to do to make the number. And I'm sure they will do that when it comes to whatever they announce, their gimmick number on TV if they decide to announce that number. But uh, the other thing they could do is take a loss on it, right? Like, it's going to cost them a lot to rent this arena for that night to put on that show. Um make ticket prices way more reasonable than what WWE's were at class of the uh, clash of the castle. That the big thing there was the ticket prices were fucking like mania prices. So they pulled in 62,000. I'm assuming that number could have been a lot higher. uh, If they didn't charge as much as they did for, for prices. So if you, if you make the ticket pricing reasonable and you can actually put it together a good card with a lot of the names you said, I mean, I think you do need a big story headed in there. And that big story is not going to be MJF versus any of the people he's feuding with currently. Sorry to say, I just don't. No, it's FTR. It's FTR. And, and I mean, really, honestly, it's FTR and fucking punk versus, um, you know, the elite. <laughs> And I would say those two separate matches, tag teams having the rubber match for the titles and then also having Kenny go against CM Punk in some way. Unless Jericho wants to get involved and it's him against CM Punk. That's also a huge name. But that's, I mean, unfortunately, a realistic real life storyline is probably more bigger than what you're going to do with your main champion. Yeah, and that I mean, the big match there to me, or the mat, the marquee match I would like to see is not necessarily a, a trio's fucking tag match. I know that that the FDR kind of put that out there is like, hey, we need to see this. I don't know that I need to see that. <laughs> I don't know that I care about a trio's match no. that much. Uh, no, it's it. like Usos and Roman. I, I want to see separate matches. I don't want to see that fucking. I would have been annoyed if it was Cody, Sammy, and fucking KO against you know. No, give me matches. All right. So if they, uh, what I, you know, if it was me personally, if you, let's say that CM Punk is coming back and he will be back by then, 
he should be back in the next couple months if he's actually coming back, at least from his injury. So that, that that's the other thing is he's going to come back with two months before the show. And what I mean, the, the biggest story you can tell is going to be him versus Kenny. I mean, I guess it would technically be him versus Nick Jackson <laughs> or Matt Jackson, but they're not <laughs> going to do that. Um, so, I mean, maybe it is a should, trio. Should, uh, should Ace Steel come out with Kenny Omega <laughs> on yeah, the way? So, hey, Kenny Omega's dog on the way. Or, or, uh, oh, Punk's dog. <laughs> yeah, he comes out with Punk, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. CM Punk, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. That's going to be the biggest feud that they're going to have. I think they could do something cool with Sting. I heard that Jeff Hardy's going to be back in a few weeks. He's recovering from surgery. Maybe you do Sting oh, yeah. versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, you could definitely do that. You could do Hardy's versus Sting and uh, Darby as well. Have um, they done that? Have they done that? I mean, they teased they have. They well, okay. I don't know if they. I don't know if they've. Te- I thought they've done it, but either way, they team I mean, together. High they definitely teamed together. I remember that, but I don't remember if they ever had like a Hardy's versus uh, Steve yeah, and Darby match. But that, that Jeff, would be a big match. Jeff and Darby don't need to try to kill each other like they did in their singles match. Ugh. Yeah, the other yeah. one I te- I kind of teased when we were talking back and forth would be I was like Darby versus Sting retirement match. You know the 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 uh, student puts down the master, I guess, if you wanted to do that. But then you're gonna have you know. That just depends on when Sting is actually wanting to retire, if he's going to retire. Because they Here's may an idea. save that through a couple pay-per-views. Um, how about Shibata and Okada versus Moxley and Brian Danielson? I mean, I think that would be fun. I, d- I don't know that... I don't know how much Shibata can do. Well, he's already match. on their shit list because he beat <laughs> Willer Yuta for the Pure Championship, so... You know, I mean, if he teams with his old buddy Okada, who almost killed him, even though it was Shibata's fault. Um, <laughs> he killed him by having the hardest forehead. Yeah, time, what the apparently. fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he didn't do anything. He was just trying to catch the goddamn blow. Uh, anyways, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's very, uh, like I said, it's it's daring. It's very daring of, of, of uh, Tony to try this, so... I'm not expecting like people are going to think like, oh, well, you have to get to 90,000. No, you really don't. (laughs) That's that's a lot of people, you know, there and the way that you build around the whole entire arena with the with the ring. I mean, you could easily make it look amazing with 40,000 people. And like I said, I hope they get like 50 or 60. Who knows? You know, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I want them out. to succeed. You know, I want them if they can sell the place out, that'd be great. I don't what I don't want to do if they outdo their last record, which was a huge amount at the arena that you were talking about earlier, because I already forgot about it. Um, Arthur Ashe, I believe. Yeah, was the... that's awesome. If they do that, you know. Yeah, I wonder if they try to get some big stadiums some more large stadiums here on the way to that show just to see what it's going to look like, because, you know, they could technically do 60,000 in attendance, but what, what you would be looking for is like, you were like 40,000 sold, right? 40,000, yep. 50,000 sold. That would be the number you're looking for. Uh, Cause class of the, I think that was the clash of the castle number. That wasn't necessarily the, I don't know if they, that was the attendance number they announced, but the actual number is like, 
<laughs> the number you're looking for is how many you sold, not how many tickets you gave away or whatever. Because I'm sure if you said, hey, English wrestling fans, um, we're just giving the shit away at the door. <laughs> you could pump the attendance numbers way up that way, right? Um, but yeah, we will we will see what happens. I think they need to build... I mean, if it's me, I'd be working on whatever the hell I'm doing on TV because I thought Dynamite was not a great show and I'm not really into any of the storylines they have going on. Specifically, the ones I think that would draw money uh, it, it, around their main event. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, they're doing their thing, but... They're still that that was not the biggest uh, rumble, I don't think, <laughs> out of the wrestling world uh, this last week. With everything going on with WWE WrestleMania, we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. They finally found a person to, uh, you know, work with them and uh, make a purchase. And even though they backed out not too long ago, Endeavor came around, Chris, and decided to merge companies basically uh i think that it's quoted that wwe is at nine billion and uh i think they said did they i believe they said that ufc is at like 11 so the combination is like 21 billion dollars for this you know company that will be named and people will be in charge of it um we don't know exactly what's going to happen as far as interactions with the UFC and the WWE. Most people think that they'll remain obviously separate. The only time I could see them changing that concept is that, unfortunately, both companies have a little bit of dealings with the Middle East. So maybe if there's a super card, they could do stuff that way. But um <laughs> Vizic Man owns, I think, he, 50% in the fucking stock. He is now in charge right underneath the owner. And I forgot what the, uh, it, it's, I want to say it's Ariel something. Ariel, Ariel, uh, is it Ariel Huani? No, he's the interviewer. That's the, that's the interview. It's Ariel, uh, fuck, why can't I think of his name now? The leader of Endeavor. Um. So this is weird because when they say Vince technically now he, after he's the in charge. sale, he's in charge, but after the sale, he has 18% of the stock with it. That's what, what it is. 18 is what Endeavor owns 50. The, the way they broke it out was that Endeavor owns the majority stock. So they didn't buy the entire company for the 9.2, which is what Vince was looking for, which would have paid out, you know, all of the stockholders, et cetera. They basically did a capital where they own majority stock and then they paid out half of like basically half the earnings to people who own stock within a certain percentage of owning stock in WWE. So breaking down all those numbers, I'm not this is not the Bloomberg network. We're not <laughs> we're not necessarily the podcast to 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 hear all of that breakdown, but Vince still owns as far as people that own stock beforehand is a you know, as far as publicly traded or publicly owned stock that Endeavor didn't buy, which is being repackaged. So this is where it gets weird again. So all of the stock uh is gonna get packaged under a new tag for trading, which will be a combination of USC UFC 
uh, PBR Professional Bull Riding, not to be confused with the beer, which I was confused for a second. I was like, what the hell? They own PBR. Apparently, the new uh... company, have you heard about? (laughs) um, It's F-O-R is the name of the company. It's fake or real. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But But yeah, this is uh, weird. Uh, It did the cell kind of... It's it's what I teased previously. I was like, it, you know, Vince is going to sell the companies when he wants that 9.2. I, I thought he priced it out of everyone's range, and they came through with however the hell they made this deal. We still haven't heard what was actually paid. We know that's no. the they keep putting out the estimated value, which the estimated value of the worth of WWE was the 9.2, and that's what Vince was trying to sell it for. But I, I don't even know how they came up with that number because they only make like 1.2 billion a year. Um, as of last year, so I have no idea, man. It's it, long story short, Vince didn't wanted to sell the company to get itself back in charge, which is originally what I said. I, I called kind of all bullshit on this, and now he is not only <laughs> above everyone in WWE, but above some members of UFC. It's gonna be oh. interesting to see who gets fired. Uh, what they do with the new Titan Towers that they just built in Connecticut, uh, what kind of layoffs they're going to do if they're combining the two companies, which they will to some extent if you think about everyone who works at both of these companies, not necessarily the top guys or or whatever. But, you know, there's individual employees that just work. You know, they probably have developers and um, UI people that work on their websites. So they're going to combine a lot of that shit, right? So it's going to be weird Absolutely. just to see all of the fallout from this, just for normal people that work for these companies. Yeah, unfortunately, people are definitely going to lose their job. Uh, but that's because now they have an influx or influx of a lot of people that do the same thing. So they'll probably incorporate, condense, and go from there. But at the same time, so. Ari Emanuel is the name of the CEO of Endeavor. And uh, so it goes him, it goes his executive chairman, Patrick Witzel, and pretty much Vince is right underneath that. Vince is in charge of two different you know, divisions, one being UFC, led by Dana White, and one being WWE, led by Nick Khan. Uh, that means that Dana's boss for at least two years, because that's a contract for Vince, and he's already stated there will be no more of the Vince character. He is done strutting, I guess, on WWE, whatever. Um, but he's got two years there in this level of hierarchy, and uh, I think, honestly, when it comes down to it, and, and this is going to be my reoccurring theme I think he's going to be too busy to be able to do as much as people are worried about. Honestly, I know what happened at the, uh, you know, raw after mania. I realize that. I don't know if a lot of the other stuff that people are trying to blame it with Cody losing to Roman necessarily has to do with like Vince all of a sudden changing things or anything like that. I feel like he's going to have to do with a lot of the business stuff. They're going to be expecting him to be more on his promoter concept which he's good at and the modern promoter of what he does connecting and uh you know trying to figure out cards for what events that he's going to be extremely busy where he is so i know it seemed like a rah-rah speech and i'm also worried about even the draft coming back but i think triple h is still going to 
do what he does because Vince has a lot to fucking do. This is a huge, huge company. This is a huge acquisition uh, from Endeavor on the WWE and the UFC. Uh, be, this combined concept, I mean, and also WWE has an affiliation with the WBC, the, the boxing uh, you know, uh, promotion uh, with their relationship with Tyson Fury. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Chris, because I feel like the UFC could benefit from some of the production qualities that the WWE has. Uh, if you think about it, guys, the XFL, the NFL actually brought a lot of those aspects that WWE brought from their wrestling product on and thinking about it in a football concept, the NFL then adopted those concepts for a lot of their filming. I think the same thing could be said about UFC with how they do stuff. Um, and no, I'm not saying like the, the Bucky Beavers, like million shots. I'm just saying like the production overall, you know, the, 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 the expansion of that and making it look that much bigger. Uh, and honestly, with, with WWE, hopefully they tighten their stuff because I like WWE maybe to be the opposite of AEW in the sense of it's more about the fighting. It's more kind of what they already have. Yeah, you're going to see dives here and there, but maybe try to scope more of the actual, you know, mono a mono style fighting and try to incorporate that with their product. Very interesting stuff. Still terrifying. And we know that Vince played a lot of, uh, you know, he had the headset by the end of Monday Night Raw. Well, we'll just put it that way. So that's yeah, scary as fuck. I, I know that a lot of people immediately got worried, and, and understandably so, especially when the news reports started coming out that the man was rewriting the show on the fly again. Because um, that, yeah. that, is, that is scary. That was what was said. That was what was reported. He was back in his old spot. But it does make me feel a bit better knowing that he's not there tonight in Seattle. <laughs> Right. So maybe that was just a one off Vincism. He was already there for mania. Uh, he didn't like some certain things, whatever. And now we're just going to be back to business as usual. Because, you know, if you're Ariel, the guy that just bought this company uh, and you look at the last nine months with Triple H running it versus what it was when Vince was running it and look at the ratings boost and how well they did. <laughs> you, you might have to just go, nah. Nah, fam, you stay away. <laughs> stay away. Let them do their thing. If they have any questions, they'll call you kind of situation. Uh, the other thing that came out of this is Vince's actual contract, the two-year deal that you're talking about. They can't fire him without him accepting a number of, like, for severance, <laughs> or what he <laughs> considers is a reasonable amount, which is the craziest <sighs> thing I've ever heard in any kind of contract. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's interesting. We'll see what happens on Raw tonight, right? So uh, it, I, if we get there and like a main event gets booked and then it never actually happens again, I think there's going to be a, a lot of reason for concern, much like what happened last week. I mean, the things that people were pissed about that Vince was doing prior to Triple H taking over, they were in full force last Monday. So, like I, so like how I told do you feel you, about? I... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like I told you last week after after it, I was like, um, you know, let's give it a month. 
we'll see where we're at in a month, yeah. right? That's four shows. I think it's too too early to hit the panic button on anything and start worrying. It doesn't stop people. There's already a hashtag fire events. <laughs> you guys are so stupid, by the way. I'm sorry. God, I give AEW fans the same bullshit. God, some of you like incel fucking fans. Ugh. Anyways. But um, they can't simply they can't simply fire him though. They have to pay no. him whatever severance amount he wants. It's, it's not even anything that's like that understandable. It's like Bailey's mad. Okay, who'd you hear that from? Sean Ross Sapp? I mean, I'm sorry. Even though he's a great person to get information of, just like Mike Johnson, just like Dave Meltzer. Like we we really don't know. And apparently, she's actually using that now for whatever's going on. It's it's so funny, but like the 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 panic that's induced. I hate to tell you, Vince might have been involved with in between stuff and might have pissed off and ruffled feathers, but I really don't think Cody lose. I'm I'm gonna keep on saying this. I don't think Cody losing to Roman and now being interacting with Brock means that Vince took over and he's trying to fuck over Cody. Why would Cody be in the top five most paid people in the fucking company? Why would they make that investment just to do that? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I, I've, I unfortunately realize that I'm, and I, I see you guys, like a lot of you, you know, late um, millennials and fucking Gen Zers, you guys are very reactional about everything. And it's like after the whole entire WrestleMania was great because the outcome of the main event, and we're going to talk about that next. So it kind of, coexist with it you guys thought it was terrible wrestlemania and it was evil but i don't fucking know man i i just am i crazy chris uh, no but that's where the you know wwe created to send them home happy for wrestlemania and that's why because a lot of fans reactions if they were just wanting to see that that one match and wanting to see cody get the belt it's understandable that they would think mania sucked you know what I mean? I think it just depends on the person, the fan. Um, but the and, whole and, and, show itself was great. I mean, there was only a couple like <laughs> lesser things. Even the main event, that was an awesome match until the ending. But, you know, out of the two of us, I was the one who was like, I don't know if they're over the Bloodline storyline. Like, what the fuck do they have else? Well, I, you know what? We're, we're kind of jumping ahead. I apologize. Because that's going to be like, you know, the last thing that we talk about WrestleMania. But I don't know. I, I, I just feel it's very reactionary. And um, I don't know. I mean, there's a, definitely an argument to be made as a fan to say that either Cody should have won the title or you should put it on fucking Sammy in Montreal. Because you're not well, going to get that. That's my again. biggest thing. <laughs> the same people that wanted Cody to win so bad. We're mad at Cody for coming back and winning Royal Rumble and that Sammy didn't win. And they were also mad when Drew McIntyre didn't win in the, you know, it's, it's like, that's the point of a fucking heel. That's it's, it's, but it was just the, the other thing is that it was, we'll get into the actual match reviews, but the way that Roman pulled off the win, it's kind of, we've seen it and it was the long drawn out win. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's been mul- so you know people being upset about that match in the finish. Like I get it, you know if you if you're a big Cody fan or even if you're a big Sammy fan, you're like, well at least we're going to see Cody have a run with it. Uh, they did pull the rug out from under you on the finish of Mania. So, and then the next night didn't do any favors. 
because I don't know that anyone, which I think Brock versus uh, Cody is going to be really good. So I'm kind of excited for that. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 like a Rocky uh, between Rocky one and Rocky two. He had to, you know, fight the Russian uh, before he could fight fucking Apollo again. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> but yeah, so so I mean, that's the that's the thing is it's you got to give it more time to flesh out. I do think it's hard to manufacture the moments that they had. Like if Cody would have won at WrestleMania, that would have been a way bigger moment than him winning it at say like SummerSlam. The same thing with if Sammy won in Montreal, like they talk about these big moments and they even, a lot of people have been bringing up Kofi Kingston. It's like, well, yeah, Kofi won, but he dropped the belt like back two months later. Right. It's fine. He has that moment forever. It was a huge moment for the fans and everyone watching. They could have had Cody lose the very next fucking night if they wanted to. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I teased originally was, you know, here's the thing you could do. You could have had Sammy win in Montreal, you know, lose to Cody and have Roman win it back. Or what? however you wanted to do that. There's tons of things they could have done. They just went with a very basic way of how they like to book Roman. And that to me, it was fine. I also push, I kind of wonder... If they had something else planned for that main event, and that may involve Jay White, I wonder when his contract was actually done, because he didn't show up at the Ring of Honor show, and he did show up for Dynamite signed to AEW. So I'm wondering if that <laughs> What a way contract... to fucking introduce him. By the way, god damn it, Tony. <laughs> I understand you, you did the whole entire thing. It was like, well, this is what the, the surprise wasn't Jay White. But, like, really? You couldn't, like, have him come out and make this, like, long... He fucking saved Juice Robinson, just beat the shit out of Rick... Whatever. I don't know. And it's kind of what I was saying, is maybe they couldn't get the contract done. Maybe there were still talks going back and forth with WWE, because that could have been what it was, is that they were the plan was Roman to win all along, but maybe it was Jay White was supposed to be doing it. Like, we don't know what else was going to happen. Because Vince would have changed True. things on the fly. What I mean, there could have been a million different things that could have they had planned that fell through. It's it's WrestleMania that happens each year, and maybe that's why the finish felt as flat as it did in the main event. But I, who knows? I guess a lot of people think this is Lex Luthor. Or Lex Luthor. <laughs> Let me. A lot of people thought this was Lex Luger against Yokozuna. Um. And I don't, if anything, I feel like this is more like Brian Danielson or Dusty against Ric Flair, which if you guys have watched the amazing documentary that they did, really fucking good. Uh, Even Dustin puts it over on Busted Open and Cody does as well online. But, uh, you know, Dusty was supposed to beat Ric Flair. Didn't happen. They broke his arm later on the cage match, and then a year later he beats Ric Flair for the title. You know, as weird as that is, or Dusty against Billy Graham, where he didn't get a rematch, but you know, it didn't work out the first time. So I, I really, I have no idea if it's if it's Vince. I can't say this for, but if it's Triple H, maybe this is just storytelling. You know, what I'm saying like. Maybe this is like Cody. They are going to have a SmackDown in the middle of the summer at Madison Square Garden. And they haven't done a title difference on a fucking, you know, actual like television, Raw or SmackDown in years. So there's that. I don't think SummerSlam would be a good option, honestly. If it was me, 
have Cody spend this next year building himself back up and then take it off of Roman next year. Because I really feel, and I know people don't want to hear this, Chris, but once you don't have Roman and, you know, his group, it's done and you don't have it anymore to be able to like pull from. So I understand Cody and I still hope he gets the title. And I really believe, especially how much he's fucking paid top five, top five, along with Brock Roman, Becky, and like another person. I can't remember exactly who Uh, Bray Wyatt biggest salary. (laughs) Why the fuck would they give him a bus? If they're not, going to use him i i really feel like i don't know i I don't think vince is that petty to be honest with you that petty like oh we're gonna take the dream son back in here he made his own promotion but fuck him and we're gonna make him fucking lose to robin Reigns, and brock lester's gonna drink his blood like i i i I can't i i don't know man I mean, the plan was never really for Cody to win the title at Mania anyways. It was the backup plan. It was supposed to be Rock versus Roman. And maybe that's the exactly. whole thing. Is we're going to get Rock versus Roman. Not, I mean, not going to say at the next pay-per-view, which would be what the next one's money in the bank. But maybe it is the pay-per-view after that, which would be what? SummerSlam? The next big, I'm trying to think of their big pay-per-views. Can you get me like a frozen Snickers bar? Yeah, you hear the ice cream truck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you think about it that way, I mean, it it was never their plan A. It was kind of their plan B. And, uh, you know, maybe plan A, the rock shifted to whatever the next big pay-per-view, which is, uh, would I, I would think would be SummerSlam. Maybe it's Rock versus Roman at SummerSlam. They also have the draft. They've already approved splitting the titles back up. They have two separate titles that they've picked to be the new titles. They're going to do that. They're going to split the titles off Roman anyways. What I hope, honestly, is that the draft uh, positions the IC belt like it has been on SmackDown, the US belt on Raw. They combine the titles for one belt that... Apparently, Triple H has been looking into for a while now. They are the main champion, goes back and forth, and they have Bianca go against maybe uh, uh, Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam. One set of tag titles, one set of women's titles, the two secondary titles for the men's and the main title, and just have... That's it, man. I think it's time to condense. I hope, at least. Yeah, and we also don't know what conversations happened throughout the day on Sunday. This is the other thing. They were selling a company <laughs> at the same time that the show was happening. For all we know, Ariel from Endeavor oh, was like, by no, the way, keep the belt on Roman. What the fuck is with Vince's mustache? <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that he looks like Dick Dastardly, and that would definitely make Bruce Pritchard his muttley. I went uh, with uh, Vincent Price. I've, I've, I've seen the conversations about <laughs> Vincent Price. Also, he looks like, like Gomez. I saw a uh, picture of someone photoshopping a Super Mario hat on him, which was pretty fucking good <laughs> as well. Um, Do you look like Waluigi or uh... Yeah, uh, Wario? Yeah, he kind of has like a Wario. I'm a Wario. Thing. I'm a gonna win. <laughs> 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 that's that's what it was. It was Wario. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good memes about his mustache, but whatever, bro. He's <laughs> he got the cell done 
<laughs> he came back. He's in charge now. Let's talk about <laughs> Vince real quick. Vince <laughs> is in charge of his company at a very high level. There's a, several sex scandals that come out from the fact that there was money that we didn't know went. Where the fuck did it go? We don't know. It paid off, actually. Different scandals he had. Proven. We think Vince is going to be done. He comes back. <laughs> somehow gets his, his his daughter to, like, step down. Give him full power, basically. He takes full, you know, charge of WWE based on the stock that he has in the company. And then gets whatever the fuck with Endeavor <laughs> and somehow gets him where he's the boss of not only Nick Khan, but Dana White with the UFC, and he's going to be in charge for the next two years. He's 78 years old. His face, his cheekbones from being fucking worked <laughs> on 70 million times look like points of a goddamn diamond. My God, how? There was another one that came out with someone says he looks like a, maybe that was me that said that. I was like, it looks like if someone was doing a Don Corleone impersonation and put ping pong balls in their mouth. You know, you, you, <laughs> Shane, we need to talk about you you real quick. You know, you're fucking, you, you tore your quad. You know, it's not good, man. It's the <laughs> company. It came to me on the day of my you know, I know, Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Triple H did it, and I know it. Oh. I did it with both my quads, and Stephanie's gonna do it next week. Still, <laughs> it's just—I don't know. It's crazy. This man—he got the sell done that everyone thought was impossible at the price he was asking, and the company that he was trying to sell it to actually bought it, which multiple people said was well. Actually, the company that bought it even said were was kind of impossible considering the state of. Uh, hey, but cool crossover, America, but cool crossover. If we can get Connor, <laughs> I keep on saying this. If we can get Connor from WWE, mm-hmm. you already posted a picture of him with the WWE title and the UFC title, stating that no one's ever done this. And I was like, yes. And then Paul well, Heyman called his ass never out. Never held them at the same time, but I was like, Brock has done it. <laughs> he has. Yeah. He has. But, he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but we got to like make Connor feel better about himself. He's, I don't know, I think he has like a small dick. Anyways, but like he started like going back and forth with Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman said that he was a Roman Reigns wannabe. And then he said that he would break his jaw in three places. So that's fun. And then we could trade him for Brock because honestly, once, you know, John Jones beats the next guy who is like the top heavyweight. Who the fuck is going to go against them in the heavyweight? Well, not Brock. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. What, the, <laughs> what, 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 what can John... Uh, no, no, seriously, like, he's very technical. But, like, that will be a fucking adversary if there was adversaries. Brock's huge. And they, they've talked shit before. So I'm just saying. There might be a little bit of uh, going back and forth. As much well, as yeah, I mean, if they're going to let him and Jones both get jacked to the gills, like... Roid it up. Bobby, let's, not, man. let's not do any testing. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Bobby is sure. people don't even realize Bobby is undefeated in uh mixed martial arts. Well uh, I don't Bell- know if you ever Bellator, in Bellator, so yeah. So exactly. is so is yeah. so is 
Jake Hager, technically, even though he did get disqualified. So I don't count that as being undefeated for uh, me and the nuts a lot. But uh, outside of that, he did get disqualified for me and the guy in the nuts a lot. And they still call him undefeated. So uh, I don't know. The the biggest thing is more of the crossover of someone like a John Jones coming into WWE. I don't think it's the other way. I think it's more of like, you, you know, your Chelsea Sonnens of the world, your, you know, your Conor McGregor's coming in. And and we've seen really quickly, if, if you're good on the mic and athletic, uh, we need a we need a picture. Really good. <laughs> we need we need a picture of the uh, the three heavyweight champions uh, since, you know, let's get Tyson Fury, uh, Roman Reigns and fucking uh, John Jones in a picture together. You can throw uh, Gable Steveson in it too. I mean, definitely he's the heavyweight champion of Olympic, you know, collegiate boxing or not wrestling. Boxing, <laughs> wrestling, whatever. But I'm what, just what, what is with him? Is he still finishing out whatever sponsorship deal? Like, like what is with his contract? He's supposed to be training. We still haven't. He's been training back and forth, out. but I guess he's still in school. I have no idea. He, I mean, he already beat every record he wanted to beat for collegiate wrestling after he won the Olympics too. So I think he's good, man. I mean, unless he can't talk on the mic, but his brother's doing pretty well in NXT apparently. So yeah, he is. Wouldn't that be a fucking real kick in the dick? If you're Gable Stevenson and the only reason your brother probably got hired is because of you and that he just is better than you. <laughs> yeah. He's just better. It's like, that would be uh be a real kick in the dick, but, yeah, let's let's move on and let's talk about the actual WrestleMania because we could just shoot the shit about this for days. But uh, crazy. crazy, it's crazy. I never thought I would ever see a day that Vince McMahon and his family did not own WWE, but yet here we are. <laughs> and uh, they still own quite a bit of it, but obviously not as much. <laughs> not as much as they used to. All right, well, let, let, let's go into uh, the first match. Um you know, the this people are really mad about this outcome. And this is exactly what I predicted, but Austin Theory beat John Cena in eleven minutes. Not and su- was not surprised at all. And i I heard a lot of people just come straight out and say, I've worked this match with like there was other stars that have been on like talking to like as sources. Like this was just a John Cena, John Cena ass match. There's lots of people that have had this matches with him, especially with the finish. But yeah, I was not surprised either day. Yeah, Cena put him over. That's all you needed. He's still the U.S. champion. Look, if you don't like Austin Theory because he pissed you off, he's a heel. <laughs> so I'm sorry. You guys got to like stop saying X-Pac heat for everything because sometimes it doesn't apply. Like, I understood what they, Baron Corbin, it was like, get the fuck out of here. Even though I liked him, I understood where people were coming from. But, like, if if Austin beats your dude because he cheats. <laughs> and look, where the fuck were all of you motherfuckers a couple of years ago with John Cena when he was completely getting booed out of the building and here Cena sucks over and over again? I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, I, the... The craziest thing that happened in this entire match is that John Cena showed up without a tan and uh, didn't have any spray in for his big balding spot and just looked weird. Arn Anderson would have been <laughs> mad at him. It was. Uh, 
that might be the worst I've seen. Not like like just look wise for Cena as far as him showing up into a match. The match itself was good. Like whatever. I mean, he's not sticking around, you guys. He's doing Fast and the Furious ten promotional stuff, and I'm sure he's got Peacemaker coming up whenever they renew that, and a bunch of like he's gone. It's just like The Rock. You, you, you're gonna have to let it go, Cena fans out there. So now, why why they decided to do the match against Austin Theory? I mean, I don't know. Austin Theory's got a lot of upside. I know you guys hate him right now, but uh, he's a guy that Dane and I picked like three or four years ago to be a top star in WWE, and uh, he's yet to show me that he can't be that. I think they, uh, you know, I'm just guys have like a dude in his mid twenties that's like a hybrid of Randy Orton, John Cena, and AJ blah, AJ Styles, like. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, sorry. Like I said, if if it was like the 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 guys that were kids when John Cena was like you know popular, I get it. You'd be doing it for a while. But there's a lot of fans out there that was really mad about this, and I don't, I don't think they remember how they reacted to John Cena a couple years ago. So that's all I say. I, 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 I just don't if you're if you think about it logically, how would you be mad about it? Like because he's not sticking around. He can't be the US champion. The US champion is the one thing that they have pretty much on I mean, the, the way Triple H is booking it, it's it's one of their biggest things they've carried storylines around with. If you if you go back to Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins, like they've done a lot, especially for Raw, a lot of booking around that. You can't just have John Cena win the title and disappear for three or four months like Brock Lesnar. Uh, not because John Cena is not on that level, just because John Cena does other shit. Brock Lesnar just goes back to his ranch and hangs out. <laughs> so you always know his availability, really. Exactly. All right, next match, we have the fatal four-way tag team match with the Street Profits going against Ricochet and Braun Strowman, the Alpha Academy. And the Viking Raiders, and I don't know why I, I I think I had the Viking Raiders winning, but I mean Street Profits make a lot of sense as well. And uh, I don't remember this match; it was only eight minutes and thirty seconds, so it probably happened fairly quickly, I would assume. Chris, Ricochet was awesome in this match. I do remember that from the match itself. He hit some kind of cool, like really cool, crazy spots. Um, outside of that, like I, I whiffed on this one. I think I picked the Viking Raiders as well, but it was because I thought they were going to turn Montez Ford heel. They did. Yeah. So that's down the road, but it's going to happen because he's, they see him as a bigger star than Anthony Bowens. Not that there's anything wrong with Anthony Bowens. That's just, it's just a fact. Montez Ford is the bigger star of those two. Yep. Definitely think I have to agree with you. Uh, next match, we had Seth Franklin. Or, sorry, I almost said Franklin. Fucking Jim Cornette. Seth freaking Rollins going against Logan Paul. Uh, he beat him. Sixty-minute match is one of the, the my favorite matches. I think within the two nights, at least my top five. And uh, just, dude, Logan Paul, man. I know Seth is really fucking good, and I know that a lot of people 
kind of are getting annoyed by him, but if you just hear that reception from the fucking audience, it's kind of hard to take away from him, but either <laughs> doesn't matter. They had an awesome match. They did pretty much everything. I think one of the biggest things was, you know, um, Logan trying to do the elbow drop with his buddy who was in, I don't remember what the hell promotive thing, but he was in like a suit, like a bottle KSI. That's what his name is. And uh, apparently I'm supposed to know that nowadays, but anyways, um, I love how they switched it up, how Logan tried to do the triple H impersonation. And when he went down, he did the frog splash off to the announce table and Seth was able to switch it out real quick. They were just like firing off great timing basically throughout the whole entire match. And uh, Seth won. Logan Paul just resigned for two more years. Uh, that was a uh, you know a news item. And honestly, man, I do like Seth Rollins. I think that his gimmick is kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of fucking things, but. He makes it work, at least for the audience, and I can't take away from him as a in-ring performer. But Logan Paul, man, I don't know. I think he should, like, fucking call up uh, Ric Flair and ask if he can be the next Nature Boy, honestly. That's how much I like him as a heel. <laughs> That's how much I like him with his personality and his every fucking performance, Chris. Can he do, like, a terrible job? This is, like, the sixth thing he's done. The sixth. Yeah, he's doing a really great job. And I honestly thought he was going to win. So I lost out on this prediction as well. I just thought it made more sense for him to win here than to lose to Seth Rollins. I, I wouldn't have, I don't think it would have hurt Seth Rollins, especially because they already set up the bottle. I thought the bottle was was Jake Paul. Me too. Uh, it's kind of hard because that was my prediction is that like, well, Jake Paul is going to knock him out. Right. Uh, especially coming off the loss in the boxing match he just had or whatever, where he actually fought a real boxer for the first time and, and got kind of smoked. I thought, okay, we're just going to get the Paul brothers, which would be great. Like in WWE, I think that's a, they're really easy to hate. If you don't, if you weren't watching YouTube at a very specific time, I guess. Um, and Logan Paul has done a great job at, at like being that character, but also being a wrestling character. So we will see what, what happens going forward with this. I do know one thing. I don't give a shit about Seth Rollins' song, and I don't need 10-minute intros with it, <laughs> which I heard um, they had a fucked-up spot on Raw because they were changing the show on the fly last week where he came out to do the song. They had nothing for, for him to do. He kind of yelled, this is bullshit, and then left. <laughs> and that was it. Is that true? Did, did he actually do anything there? Or just come out to his song because I heard when they came back he was just gone. There was like no explanation on why he came out to begin with. Yeah, he wasn't. He was not happy uh, with that whole entire thing. But yeah, they were singing and he let them go into afterwards. And apparently that's all Vince wanted him to do. And he wasn't uh, happy with just that. Uh, there was no promo like. I guess he was expecting. Yeah, I mean, like, what? Well, what the hell was the point of him coming? Well, this goes into the uh, Bobby Lashley at Mania thing as well. What the hell was the point of of that? But 
Oh, well. Wait, you didn't like Bobby coming out with the trophy for no reason? <laughs> well, he made an open challenge after he won. I assumed that they had something for him to do. God, dude. Like, seriously, someone that got royally fucked from the whole entire thing. Like, why couldn't you just have him take out Omos? And we have the third match with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. <sighs> Whatever. Well, I mean, I I thought that they were they were they were going to do something because he like announced that he had an open challenge, and then they didn't do anything at all with him, even if it was just a squash match or something. And you know, maybe they bring back like the honky tonk man, or <laughs> like yeah, I'm just kidding, maybe not the honky tonk man, but you get what I'm saying. Like I thought they were oh, going to do something. I actually think when Gunther gets close to beating the honky tonk man's uh, record, which I heard he's uh, somewhat close. I think the honky tonk man should come out to challenge him. <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. One chop he'll, and he'll, he'll, honky yeah, tonk he'll, man dies. He'll get like knocked unconscious, but still that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a better person. All right, let's uh let's continue going with uh the rest of the card. The next match we had did we already talk about this? Yeah, yeah. All right. We already talked about the tab match, Seth freaking Rollins. And let's go to the next match with his lady, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Lita against Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Neo Sky. Look, I know Bailey was not with the other two on Raw, but I actually had no problem with that because. Look, I know they're going to keep on doing tag division, even though I think that EO and Dakota could do something outside of that. It seems like they're stuck with a tag team. I wouldn't mind Bailey being separate from those two, in all honesty. So I'm completely fine for that. But this was a fun match, man. Like, I thought this match, like, I was going to see right through it. And yes, I think that, like, Lita... Out of the three of them, Becky, her, and Trish kind of, you know, looked, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been she, a long she time. Looked, she looked like the, the, when she came back for the tag team with Becky, and, and I responded to that when we did the review of that show on Raw. I was like, she just looks super slow, like in the ring. And everything is just, I, I like I said, maybe she's just nervous. She doesn't want to mess up a spot, but it's. Every movement was very, very slow. The only thing she did that looked like crisp and clean was the moonsault she hit. That looked broken perfect. And at least <laughs> she did that great, yeah. And Trish looked great in this match. Uh, they ended up winning, but I, I I hope Bailey separates herself from the rest of Damage Control after this, honestly. And I think that that's part of why you know they had something scheduled for her and canceled it. And remove her, or that's the story, right? From Raw. Um, that's the story so. is she's mad with the company and wants to get out. But what I've also heard from other people that have told probably that same information is that she's actually uh, she she's playing along with the bullshit. So she posted right. on Twitter something about her wanting to leave or something like that, but. Well, she uh, says the the end of the romantic relationship is over, and but that was after she lost on Saturday. So she would like, 
it it's all plan. I mean, this is just going in. This is just them making a storyline off what happened with the actual Bellas. I think yeah. you know what I mean. So, oh yeah, <laughs> they're just feeding us stuff. So I mean, I'm assuming that's why she was not there, and we'll have a reason, and maybe that will split her into singles competition. But uh, yeah, hopefully, her and Becky still have unfinished business. They got to get past that. Absolutely. Um, next match, uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, speaking about like <laughs> reasons to fight, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio had a match. It was almost 50 minutes. It was great, man. It was it was one of my favorite matches on the card. Honestly, they have done enough in the last two weeks to get me much more amped for this match. Unlike I was beforehand, and really, it it took that slap from Rey honestly, to, like, really wake me up uh, for this. But uh, great match, and Rey Mysterio ended up winning over his son, Dominic Mysterio. Who, dude, the entrances, by the way. Rey coming All out. Of mania. Oh, Some my God. Him and Snoop Dogg coming out to fucking um, uh, nothing but a G thing. And then... Him coming out, they put the Eddie Guerrero music, you know, they had the low rider. That was awesome. I kind of teared up during that. And they switched to his music. And then Dominic coming out like he's a fucking prisoner. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> dude, Dom, one of the best heels in the industry. Who knew that that would be possible like a year ago? He's tossing the soda in the mat, like one of the best spots. He tosses the soda in his sister's face. She goes after him. Ray's like, nah, calm down. Oh. And then Ray hits him with this big spot and gives the wife the big old kiss. <laughs> Baby face Ray, the greatest. Also, his Hall of Fame speech was the easy, easily the best thing on the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Him and Conan. Conan was the perfect person to pick for that and i'm so glad that they went with that since you know conan Dude, as a conan, wrestler man. has not been a Ooh. huge part of wwe i mean he, i know he was max moon but i wouldn't consider that a huge part of wwe per se but it was they got the right guy for that speech they usually fuck that up they'll pick someone like i wouldn't have been surprised if they picked like orton or something <laughs> but they picked the right guy by having conan do it it was great um, this match was awesome. This, this might be my second favorite match of all of Mania, honestly. I enjoyed it a lot. I was going to say, do you, do you agree with me, you know, talking about the Hall of Fame? They inducted, I think, the for American audiences, the most... See, the thing is, like, with Great Muda, I don't know if he was a bigger draw than Antonio Inoki, but... I feel like him and Ray are the two biggest representatives from Japan and Mexico to really make it over here at a higher level than most people. Like I realize uh, El Santo was huge back in like the fifties and sixties and, and all that. And I realize Antonio Inoki was huge. So was Ricky Dozen before him, but for, you know, cross appeal, I feel like Muda by the way, good job, Ric Flair, with a wonderful uh, introduction. <laughs> Compared Fucking to Conan. Flair, just, he just starts naming random Japanese wrestlers. Hey, Sean, like, you weren't the first one to do the moonsault. <laughs> Jesus. 
He just starts naming the just fucking random... Triple H gonna come up here and try to stop me from making a. I don't know. Probably because he's, you need it. He's naming people in like random, like he's he's naming people from all Japan while talking about New Japan, and people from New Japan while talking about all Japan. And Ricky Dozen. <laughs> he was a pretty good one too. I was like fucking Flair. This is why they don't. This is why Ricky we can't Chosu. have nice things. <laughs> Slap my whole entire chest. <laughs> it was Flair being Flair, so it was hilarious. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, but the, uh, and I'm the, not Andy, mad. the Andy Kaufman one was great as well. I like that they actually got his family. Um, it was cool. I mean, obviously it sucks that we couldn't have Jerry Lawler there, but it was cool that he at least gave the pre-intro. And Jimmy Hart was a lot of fun. Hi, hi baby. <laughs> <laughs> Being uh, his Jimmy and, Hart uh, self, that was me, a fun let, one. Let me just say that Stacey Keebler. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I I don't understand how she's in the Hall of Fame, but like <laughs> her legs is why she's in the Hall of Fame. Oh come I, on, she was a great <laughs> uh, valet for the Dudley Boys at some oh, point, no. I guess. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> just just let her have it, man. Sable honestly has not been in the Hall of Fame and she should be. And so I guess uh, Stacy's that same concept. But uh yeah, that You know Sable. The, you know Sable should be in the fucking Hall of Fame for WWE. I mean, as bad as good as it might be, she like put a lot of fucking eyes on the product. Right. I want drunken Cowboy Brock to induct her. That'll be amazing. When it finally happens. <laughs> but no, no, no. All, all joking aside, it was, it was a fun Hall of Fame. And uh, we'll get back into the mania, but this might have been the best mania I've seen in a while, especially the first night. The first night was really good. I love Grey Mood. It was like, I do not understand English, so peace off. Well, fuck it. And then just spit mist. But that's hey, by what the way, WWE, anyway, so. how the fuck <laughs> did you not get pictures of him and Undertaker and, and him and uh, Oscar? Like, really? Well, well, they did show one of him and Oscar before the Bianca match, I think. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah. about it. But they did not show uh, any of him and Taker, because I'm assuming Taker was like, I got seven holes for seven souls, and I gotta go do a show and talk about myself and charge one thousand dollars a shot for Jack Daniels with Taker. So I'm assuming was happening. Muda is just the fucking same, basically. <laughs> I mean, he's just Japanese Undertaker. I mean, before <laughs> Taker was Taker. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to think there was, oh, the other Muda thing was that Ray had the gridded, like the weird, like plasticky lump mask, kind of like Muda does as a tribute yeah, to Muda, which I had said, I was cool. like, oh, that's cool. He's got like a Muda tribute mask on, which is awesome. I loved his match with Dominic, getting back to it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I kind of expected Dominic to win, but I'm, I'm glad that, that Ray did. Um, that puts an extension on this because honestly, that's another feud that I actually have some, uh, you know, a semblance of uh, caring about. Uh, yeah, bad, is, bad bunny versus Dominic too. The is that yeah, what you're talking about? Holy fuck, man! My God, <laughs> that's gonna that, be good. 
Bad Bunny, man. Like, you're a badass, dude. I can't I can't talk shit about someone that, even if it's not my generation, is so big. He, like, cross-platforms across the world as much as he does. And he's like, yeah, Damian Priest can fucking chokeslam me through a fucking announce table. And I'm going to have a match for Rey Mysterio against, like, yeah, dude. Like, thanks. Like, I, I don't care, man. He, like, learned from Ray. He he picked it up, and he's awesome. So it was I'm also down for cool that he was sitting at the Spanish announce table. They didn't force him to the English announce table, and make us listen to Bad Bunny commentary. <laughs> Not that that would have yeah. been a bad thing, but I thought that was no. cool during this match. I was like, no, oh, it that, was that's awesome. Cool. It was awesome, man, and uh, and I'm happy he gets a match. I think. Honestly, like I was, I was telling my brother, I'm like Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, fucking Bad Bunny, Tyson Fury. It's like we got some pretty badass dudes that actually want to like legitimize wrestling if they're involved in it. And it's like, thank you, I appreciate that. Honestly, more than anything, yeah, because they it, it, they don't have to. None of them, none of those motherfuckers do. Yeah, and AEW's kind of slacked off on this because they were doing a lot of this at the beginning um, when they brought in Shaq and they had Mike Tyson and they were doing stuff like this. And they need, I think that's something they should consider on the Wembley show. Like, who can we bring in? They got Tyson Fury? Shit, we got Deontay Wilder. We're bringing him in. You know what I mean? Like, what's Mm -hmm. Rodman doing? Bring in Rodman. Like, do something fun. I'm not saying that I need to see a bazillion. WWE has kind of gotten really good at doing these celebrity matches (laughs) because they they get people that are kind of also athletic now, which they I guess that kind of started with Stephen Amell. I will say that I think Stephen Amell kind of was the prototype of these new celebrities. Stephen Amell, man, and that that dude learned how to wrestle very quickly. So I agree with you completely. But we'll, we will see. I'm just saying that the, the WWE has done really well with this. Even the, uh, well, that's the next thing, right? The next spot, yet another, what's that guy's the tight end? Or George Kittles. Pat McAfee? No, George Kittles, he uh, gets the clothesline. <laughs> his spot. <Yeah. laughs> this night. All right, so uh, as we go on, like you were saying, uh, Pull up the results. Come on, man. Yeah, what? Explain to me this this football player that the rest of the world would probably understand. Um, uh, he plays no for he he plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He's a I, I believe he's a tight end. That's not a team I follow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Miz gave him a shit push and he popped over and hit him with a clothesline. That's pretty much it. But that's all he needed to do, right? Still a big celebrity moment from the California area. Like I said, it, you don't not everything has to be a match to get celebrities involved. This was fine. Plus the Miz just uh I guess the absolute best at getting his ass kicked. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what he did for two nights in a row, so. Good old Miz, man. Who the hell was he even having a match? Oh, this was Shane was the next night. Who was he having a match? <laughs> Pat McAfee. And it, it was great seeing Pat. I would rather have him been on a, you know, 
um, him and Corey and Michael Cole been on commentary, but it was still a uh, you know a pretty good. Uh, it it was fun for him to be there. Unlike the next night, which goes <laughs> completely to hell, he beats uh, uh, the Miz fairly quickly in about three minutes and forty seconds. So yeah. George Kittle sits him with a clothesline, throws him back in the ring. He beats the Miz. He's undefeated at Mania, which is not true. He lost events, but he's saying that match was unsanctioned, <laughs> which is which is great, by the way. I love that Pat's like, nah, that was an unsanctioned match. I was like, this one wasn't. Snoop Dogg had the authority to make it legitimate. Hey man, he, he does what he wants the next night, so this is nothing. From, but. Hey, uh, the next match, we had uh, the challenger Rhea Ripley going against Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is a 23-minute match and 45 seconds. To me... um, Match of the weekend, including the Ring of Honor uh, show. This was the best match of the entire weekend. Can we talk about the Ring of Honor show and just sense that, like, seriously, guys, like, I love Samoa Joe, and but Mark Briscoe couldn't beat him. Like, come on. Or at the end of it, like, does it really matter if fucking Cesaro has the title over Eddie Kingston? And then also, we could, we could also talk about fucking, even though I really like him, uh, you know, um, what the hell's the name of the tag team? Um, is it Alpha Flight uh, with fucking... Top, top Flight. Oh my god, man, Dante Martin's ankle. Oh. Oh. Uh less said less said about that. I don't know what the that fuck they were going for there. Me but, off, man. So much of it. The, the fact that he tried to get back up really sucked because he was like so intense, he had no idea what the fuck was going on. And they had to oh, put him a, back down. Yeah, it's just adrenaline, man. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh yeah. I know, but like, oh god, that and like I'm like I'm trying to say like really like it really would have been a badass. All right, if you want to build like you know what bothered me more than Cody is the fact that Eddie Kingston could t- take the fucking title off of Claudio and Mark could not take the title off of Samoa Joe. That this goes this goes back to what I was saying about Jay White. I I think that there was multiple companies still trying to sign him through this weekend. Because so that's the do with that. Because, yeah, because I think they were, you know, they built that entire story of him getting, you know, he lost in New Japan, could never wrestle in New Japan in Japan again. And then he was wrestling New Japan strong and had that match with Eddie Kingston. They built that little program up and he lost to Kingston and could never wrestle in New Japan strong again. And Kingston said, don't make your way back over to AEW or Ring of Honor because I'll be your ass there as well. So I thought that was the buildup. But they didn't. It, obviously, they didn't get that deal done. I thought he was going to cost Kingston the match, and they just went with whatever finish they already had because they don't want to take the title off Cesaro because <clears throat> they took the title off Willer Yuta, and Moxley is not the champ right now. So I, I think that's their way of trying to keep keep the Blackpool Combat Club as like an intense unit by having a title there. You know what I mean? Hmm. But uh, as far as the, the as far as Mark Briscoe, that was my prediction. I was like, Mark Briscoe is going to lose because if he if he's going to win the title, he's going to want to build a storyline out of it. And I have heard that he said he's never going to wrestle another tag match again, 
which I find interesting. Well, that's good, I guess, you know, based on stack partner. It's so weird with Mark on these fucking cards without Jay. Yeah, him and Joe had a great match. It was a good match. It was not anywhere in the same stratosphere as Rhea and uh, Charlotte, but it was a good match. All right, yeah, getting back to it, man. Uh, Rhea and Charlotte is one of the best matches I've seen in the last five years. Uh, Honestly. (laughs) <laughs> like that was so fucking and honestly like I've seen Kenny do it before but like seeing Charlotte take a fucking suplex and land right on her face uh, in order to save the her neck basically like they did that twice one off the fucking top ropes like my god man like those two women put themselves on the line. They were both bleeding, you know, hard way by the end of it. And they just beat the shit out of each other. And uh, I I approve. And it was, I feel a, it like, was a phenomenal match. Do, do you feel like the uh, video of, like, Charlotte, like, you know, where they went to her on the floor and she was, like, you know, like, kind of smiling and putting her over. Like, I love that, man. Yeah, like, yeah, because she's supposed to be a baby face, and she's like, she got me. She beat me. She beat me clean. There was no interference. She just beat me. I thought that was a great moment. Um, Best the, match the, on two nights. Yeah, she, they had the one fucked up spot, which is Charlotte, you know, on that German. I think that she was supposed to rotate out of that German and land on her feet and felt like you said flat on her face but you know what she got up and kept going and they had one hell of a fucking match the easily the best match on both nights easily it's not even close like it was the best match of both nights that's the kind of women's wrestling people need to see looking at you AEW. uh don't have jamie Hayter in here wrestling for 14 minutes against rio and what i would consider a very bad match uh same thing on that ring of honor (laughs) pay-per-view with that fucking um ember moon match was awful uh, this was this was a good match uh the nieces loved this match i think they're slowly starting to come over to the as far as female wrestling goes the side of wwe's female wrestling just because these big matches they have with the core talent they have the top the top tier women's wrestlers in the world maybe outside of stardom and jamie Hayter, i guess it's really good. Like when you get these kind of matches with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair or Bianca and Asuka, it's a it's a different feel and the crowd feels differently about it. And I don't know if that's like a fan base thing. Uh, the last time I kind of remember having that vibe watching an AEW women's match would have been Britt versus uh, uh, Thunder Rosa. We haven't seen one of those in a while. And they did, that was an unsanctioned match. So they did, they also used a lot of hats on hats and stuff. Whereas these two matches were both just straight, regular ass women's wrestling matches. And they just had good matches. That's all, that's all you really need to do. (laughs) So it was great. I loved it. It was fun seeing Rhea win. The crowd popped for her. Um, She did her best to be a heel throughout the match. Charlotte did her best to, be a baby face. Charlotte hit a woo and it ex- it popped the entire fucking building the first time she was able to lock on the figure four. 
<laughs> which was pretty good. Cody did it the night two. So I'm assuming Cody saw the reaction that Rhea got it. And then he did it night two and got like even a bigger pop, <laughs> which was pretty good. Um, hell of a match. Easily, if you're going to watch one thing from the entire fucking show, that's it. That and Bianca's entrance was also pretty awesome. Those would be the two now, it was, top two things. It was it was definitely an excellent match, man. I mean, honestly, like that's my favorite match. Something I'll go back to watch uh, afterwards, and that that that's saying a lot, man. I mean, they killed it; they really did. And honestly, they probably had the reason to be the last match, but I'm glad, you know, based on everything else that they went with a tag team championship match that's never happened in the main event with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating the Usos in 25 minutes. This match was fucking awesome. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I thought the uh, Rhea Ripley shot match was the best match on the whole entire thing, but really getting down to it, this was so rewarding based on everything that's happened. And I thought they had an F in the match. I love that this uh, kind of prolonged what was going to happen on Raw with, you know, or not Raw, SmackDown, with Sammy just basically like trying to like say to Jey Uso, like, you guys lost titles, we have them. I don't care. Like, really, this is about you. You know, are you really going to go with this shit? And at the end of it, yeah, he chose the, I guess, the dark side, if you will, and beat the shit out of Sammy after already trying to take out Kevin earlier in the night. And, and uh, it's getting dark, man. I still love the storyline going on with, with that whole entire thing, but. Yeah, I was very happy with Sammy and Kevin winning. Uh, I still think this sucks, man, because this looking back, I still think that really afterwards, Charlotte and fucking Rhea should have gotten the, the main event. But I was still very happy that they got the tag team to be the main event. And this, unfortunately for a lot of people, I guess, a lot of fragile people was the go-home happy moment of WrestleMania. So, I'm actually glad that they didn't put Charlotte and Rhea in the main event. I get what you're saying. It was a big moment. It was the better match by far, but that would have just switched the two matches, and then you would have had the big title victory of Kevin and Sammy at this big WrestleMania moment, and the crowd cheering throughout the entire thing. And what would have happened was it would have hurt the beginning of the Charlotte and Rhea match, which which it did for the tag match actually, because the fans were so hot um, on the mat on that the women's match beforehand that they had to really work to get the crowd into it. Um, I will say this about this match: too many fucking super kicks. I don't I don't ever want to hear a WWE fan fucking talk about <laughs> a bad a bad Bucks match because of too many super kicks because. Literally everyone in this match threw at least two super kicks. <laughs> Some of them way more than that. Because the, the Usos threw like 10 a piece. Uh, but it was fun. And there, Sami Zayn channeled his inner Terry Funk for the majority of this match. Doing the uh, stumble, 
kick out, get back up, stumble around, stumble around. kick out, get up. Uh, Kevin Owens was literally just there for hot tags, which he got off, and it was fun. It, Sammy kicking out of the one D kick, you know, day one. I don't know why don't they call it the D one since down since day one ish instead of the one D, but whatever. He kicks out of the 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 three D. That's we'll just call it by its God given name. Kicks out of that. That was a big moment. Kevin with a super kick, and then uh, Sammy with them giant boots, bro, giving hell of a kicks all over the place. Super fun, and that plays into night two as well because Sammy, uh, Sammy and Roman aren't done yet. Maybe they realize we maybe we should have put the title on Sammy. So we we'll see what happens with that because yeah. Sammy uh, definitely hit your boy with a bunch of <laughs> hell of a kicks as well. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this entire storyline, but it's been fun to watch. And this was a it was a good main event, and the end of it, the crowd lost their fucking minds. I heard they were outside just singing Sammy's song, which makes sense. <laughs> they were just pumped. And uh, the Super Dragon references in the post conference was also cool, talking about PWG being one of the first, you know, American wrestling companies to book those two. So that was fun to hear them talk about that. And the fact they let, they let them talk about that. And Corey kind of brought it up. He didn't specifically say PWG, but bringing that up on commentary was cool. It, it was just a fun, a fun, definitely send them home happy type batch, which they needed. <laughs> I, maybe they should have swapped these two main events and had Cody lose on night <laughs> one. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know, but now um, that you mentioned it, probably, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but it, but it was, it was, it was good. It was a fun match, and that was night one, one of the best manias I've seen in a long time, man. It was a solid night of good wrestling. There was nothing on the card that was bad. I think the probably the weakest match may have been the Austin Theory John Cena match, just because it felt like just a normal WWE Monday Night Raw match. It didn't really have like a big feel to it, per se. And, and maybe the I'm gonna tag, tag match, but do you think this uh, pay per view or last year's WrestleMania, which I also thought was really well done, which one did you like more? This one, by far. The, the only the only caveat, and that I think the some people will disagree with me is because of the uh, specifically because of the main event on the second night, but everything else on this card and the storylines leading into the card, like the card itself was really well done. I thought this was built up very well and all the matches were really good. Even the matches that weren't great were still very good. Like there was nothing here that was just terrible. Well, Shane blowing his fucking quads out, <laughs> but that was a cool down oh. spot before before the main event anyways. So outside of that, everything on Mania was pretty good. Poor Shane. All right, well, we'll get into that night right now. So night two, WrestleMania. We first start out with Brock Lesnar. I, uh, all right, well, if now that I know he's going against Cody and sticking around, I understand why he won, but honestly... Before that, in a five-minute match where Omos just destroys him, ragdolls him, throws him around the ring, and then seeing, <laughs> of all people, Brock Lesnar work underneath 
and get back and finally suplex him three times, put him in the F5. Uh, at first, he can't do it. A couple more suplexes. And then finally, he F5s him to win. Uh, I thought this was a fun... This is not like a fucking big deal match, but it was, a, I thought, a good opener and exactly what it was Chris. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's It was exactly what we thought it was going to be. I had Brock winning. Um, I did have him picking both MVP in almost up, but they didn't go that far. <laughs> slamming both of them and they have five they didn't do that but it was a good match and it was pretty much like brock being they were like how they probably asked paul Heyman, hey how do we get a good match out of omos and he's like well fucking i guess let brock sell because he's way better at it than omos that's the exact same shit they did with goldberg so they kind of went with that and then brock you know started hitting the suplexes and lift the giant up and F5 him. But if there was any doubt that Brock could lift him up, I, I was still baffled by that. I was like, he picked up big show when big show was like 560 pounds. So I had like no question in my mind. <laughs> he was going to be able to eat this guy. Um, but he did a great job of selling. Like I'm having a hard time because this guy's bigger than me, but it was, it was fun. Uh, especially like if you were in the building for that, that probably was just, crazy to see like if you're in like third or fourth row seeing those two fucking behemoths <laughs> big men slapping meat you'd probably be like holy shit these guys are massive so it was fine Seriously. i mean it was a short it was a short match and they got brock something to do now which is fight cody which may be one of brock's best matches in, in quite a while since aj styles match or since the uh balor match because you know cody's gonna work his ass off to make that a good match Oh, yeah. I would assume so. All right. The next one, uh, we have Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defeating Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Natalia and Shotzi, and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville by submission. I mean, we're just we're, we're building up slowly with Ronda and Shayna. Uh, going against the Tatching Champions, so I don't really, uh, yeah, I, I, I really honestly don't remember this match, Chris. This would have been the worst match if Shane McMahon didn't blow out both of his quads. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, love, I love how they have listed on this Snoop Dogg defeating The Miz. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and, we're and forgetting. Triple threat match. He defeats Shane McMahon in The Miz. <laughs> Little did we know. Um, no, it, this match was fine, but it this it wasn't a pay per view quality match at all. And Ronda's hurt or something. She worked. She did. She did nothing. The entire match, she popped in, hit hit like an arm bar, and that was it. So I don't know if she's hurt or what's going on with her, but obviously she was not she was not able to do anything in the match except for hit the finisher. I think Shotzi looked good and Natalia looked good. And the rest of it was kind of just not, not a great match, but whatever it's, they don't need a women's tag division (laughs) or if they do, they need to combine the titles and for NXT and WWE and actually build out tag teams and not have this weird shit that they, that they're doing currently. Because it just doesn't make any sense. Also, Shotzi should not be in a fucking tag team with anyone. She should be. Uh, Especially Natalia. 
That is so <laughs> fucking dorky. It's like, I love Natty. I do. But I'm just saying, like, what the fuck does her and Shotzi have to do with at, le- at least they At least they work like an actual tag team, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they Good understand point. what tag wrestling is. But, yeah, I mean, Shotzi would be a perfect person to go after Rhea now that Rhea is the SmackDown champion. As opposed to be tight, being tied up in any kind of uh, any kind of weird tag storylines, but we, we we will see what happens. This match was the uh, was lackluster. There was nothing terrible about it. It's just it's you know it's supposed to be a WrestleMania match, and I'm Bad already not match. a fan of these fucking tag matches. So yeah. All right. Well, we had next uh, awesome match. One of my favorite matches with Gunther beating Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, which I think I came up with this uh, last minute when we predicted it. Uh, I love Sheamus, but I don't know. I mean, it really makes sense for Gunther to hold this title and be that domineering of a champion when you think about it for the IC championship. Uh, 60 minutes, 40 seconds. Gunther wins, Chris. Um, I don't know. I think we're just still building Gunther, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, I like the match a lot. Shame, I mean, they made Sheamus look like a million bucks, and he didn't take the pin. Drew took the pin, there right? So maybe that's the next feud is, is Gunther versus uh, Sheamus, which I think is good for Drew, because in theory he can get back into the main event picture now. Um, they did have that apparently like they didn't show it on TV, but like in the arena, Drew and Seamus had like a big hug after the match, which I wish they would have put on TV because they're like, hey, we just be the shit out of each other, but we're still friends. Kind of which baby faces need to do that more on WWE and in, in AEW too. It's some extent because you have people like fucking hangman just showing up by himself, getting his ass kicked by seven hills looking dumb as shit. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great match. Uh, big men slapping meat. They chopped the shit out of each other. I do know that. <laughs> like Seamus, what was, we had an over under me and my, was that you or my friend Chris? I can't remember. We had an over under on how long it would take Seamus's chest to be like <laughs> pure red. And it was pretty much almost immediately as the match started. But it was fun. Gunther gets the win, but he does, he, I mean, he got beat up by both Seamus and, you know, he kind of came in at the last minute and got the win. Sheamus definitely was the dominating force in this match. So I would say Sheamus is probably the guy that's going to take the title off Gunther. We will have to see about that, but I agree with you. Makes the most sense for him to take that title off of Gunther. Gunther, Gunther, whatever the fuck. All right, next match we had for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair beat Asuka in 16 minutes and 5 seconds. Awesome match. No offense to the ladies for this match, but if we're just comparing the two ladies' championship matches, this was a lesser, but I thought both ladies did a great job. This kind of goes with the edge match against Finn Balor. It would have been really cool to see Oscar with Great Muda uh, presented, uh, you know, just just on the ramp, honestly, like something. But that did not happen. And 
the biggest thing is you went for the miss and uh Bianca basically like, you know, defended against it and uh won because of it. So there you go. Bianca wins. This match kind of started out a little slow for me, but then it picked like the last like two or three minutes in the match was really good. When they get into the when they're gonna hit when she was gonna hit the miss, they duck out of it. They have um Asuka roll through the finish attempts by uh, Bianca. Bianca work her way out of it and then finally hit hit her finisher for the win. That part was fun. Also, Bianca's entrance was amazing. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, same thing with Asuka's entrance was cool, too. With the But it was similar to what she always does, but like a little broader. But still fun. Um, good match. Probably the... Oh, I'm trying to think. Was this better than the Finn Balor Edge match? It's hard to say. I, the Finn Balor Edge match probably would have been better, except for like uh, Finn Balor got hit in the head with an axe. Oh. Um, so it's hard to to say which one was better. But uh, considering this one didn't have any gimmicks at all, I would say this is probably the second best match of the night. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yep. Well, yeah. Other than, I, I really think Gunther. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre killed the killed the uh, first match at least. Uh, yeah, I I had them as my first match. I have this one as my second. Okay. The main event as my third. Um, Makes and sense. it's mostly it's mostly just because I've seen like not because of anything. Like these were all good matches. I didn't like I didn't necessarily like the finish, and they went for like a like the last five minutes of that match is just run-ins. Yeah, you know what I mean? So maybe if they just yeah. had like a regularly, you know, I would have preferred if Roman just got a spear out of nowhere or something weird to win, if, to do that. I, did, I didn't care for the finish in the main event, but it was still a good match. Or how do you feel about, uh, well, supposed to be Shane O'Mac, <laughs> like we said, coming out. And when he came out, he, he, like, you know, said to the audience, like, thank you so much for the warm reception. Like, you know, I appreciate it. I miss you guys. Blah, blah, blah. And two seconds later, he's going against the Miz in a match impromptu from apparently what Snoop Dogg made. Um, he goes for a leapfrog in exchange off the ropes and tears his squad. It just goes down, and you know, from where where they have the camera set, you know, Snoop is able to, based on the Miz a lot, from what people didn't see, Miz told him to punch him in the face. He did. He went to the ground, told him to do it again. He did, and then he did his version, which is the funniest, fucking most gentle shit, jumping off the ropes but the people's elbow to kind of save it. And honestly, Miz, Snoop Dogg, good job, man. Like, seriously, like, most people would not react that way. And they moved and got it over with, and now Snoop Dogg has a win on WrestleMania. (laughs) The funniest fucking thing. I mean, that's a great performer, though. He's performed all around the world. They're like, we can trust Snoop Dogg with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
get in and fucking punch Miz. He's like, all right, punched him. Miz like, punch me again. I don't know if someone told him to hit the people's elbow, because like, how else would he know what the fuck a people's elbow was, or if he was just like, fuck it, and hit people's elbow? <laughs> but I like his version of the people's elbow. He did like the crescent elbow that Carrie Zane does <laughs> on the way down. Now, him running the ropes, that was... <laughs> Running the ropes was not the strong suit, but the elbow drop itself, knowing that Snoop Dogg weighs like 90 pounds or whatever, was pretty was pretty good. I like the elbow part of the uh, the people's elbow, but like whatever, man, like <laughs> good for Miz and Snoop Dogg. Brian Alvarez was like Snoop Dogg handled this situation way better than most <laughs> like most wrestlers on that roster when something fucks up like this. And he really did like he just went in there, especially considering, you know, you got you know, 60 to 80,000 fans watching you. And he went in there and figured it out <laughs> like in real time. Can we also just praise the Miz a little bit because of the fact that he was also there for all of it and kind of like, you know, basically was from what it seems like, at least telling Snoop what to do. Like, I don't think a lot of guys like, him and Snoop both froze, and then they were like, all right, we got to do this. Like, they both came up with it, like, on the fly, basically. Like, that's hard. Yeah, yeah it has to do a lot with whoever they had at ringside, or because someone told Snoop and someone told Miz, and Miz, like, uh, obviously relayed it back to Snoop and took the... But he took a big bump for that first Snoop punch, which I thought was great. <laughs> like, almost like a Shawn Michaels-esque bump, which was pretty good for both of them. And then, like I said, it was, it was fun, like whatever. I mean, it was dumb. It sucks. Like, I don't know that I would have enjoyed uh, a Shane McMahon match, but more than seeing Snoop hitting the people's elbow. So maybe they just booked the wrong thing <laughs> anyways. But uh, from, from that standpoint, they, it kind of cut whatever they were going to do with the Miz. It was supposed to last longer and the back and forth between Miz and Snoop was, was fine. Um, yeah, good shit. All, all things considering good shit, you know, they turned, uh, they turned chicken, they turned chicken shit into chicken salad with that one. Cause that was, uh, I kind of, Miz that... got beat by four people Snoop. throughout the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Poor <damn>. Miz. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome if they make Miz like an authority figure. I think it would be a good authority figure at this point in his career. Cause they have him get beat by everybody. And we didn't get any Maurice other than the uh, song and dance they did before each, uh, which was amazing, but the Miz song and dance. Um, I wonder if that <laughs> had anything to do with what MJF did on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good stuff, though. Snoop Dogg, Miz, thank you guys for... Dude, I'm so... I feel so bad for Shane, man. Because he, when he came out there, he was like, thank you guys so much for that warm reception. I love you. And, and then Lee Frog done. <laughs> oh, probably, man, everyone. He probably already strained his hammy doing all that stupid kick shit he did on the ramp for like 85 minutes. Don't let fucking <laughs> Stephanie go on stage for the next like month and a half. Because, <laughs> goddamn, between Shane, Vince, and fucking Hunter... You will pull a quad or, or, uh, you know, the, the originator, uh, Mr. Kevin Nash, anyone, uh, 
The male uh, was pulling quads. But see, the difference is Kevin Nash, like, seven foot, a thousand, or whatever. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking of The Rock when he was making fun of Diesel. <laughs> He's like, It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite rock things of all time. <laughs> I love The Rock. Oh, okay, he went after Big Daddy Cool. Oh, anyways, all right. Next match, we were talking about a little bit. Hell in the Cell. We had Edge and Finn Balor, the demon, go against each other. And Edge would win after about 18 minutes and 10 seconds. All right, look, this match was good. The fucking, I mean, what we all know. Uh, Edge threw a fucking ladder at Finn's face and completely split his head in half. I mean, everyone's seen. It looks like a fucking vagina on his fucking head. Like the opening that, uh, unfortunately, Edge made. And so, since they're a little bit against blood, I mean, well, they... I, I don't even know if they cared about uh, blood. I yeah, think they this had one a, like, was so scary. Yeah, they, that was a they, bad they, they, basi- they, they basically numbed his head and then stapled it shut so he could have, like, the rest of the match. But, like... You could just tell, like, when when it went back to Edge, while all this happened on the Finn, like, he was like, you know, he went outside and he grabbed, like, another table or some shit. He was like, fuck, god damn it, don't tell me we have to stop this match. But, honestly, like, there doesn't have to be this many weapons in a fucking Hell in a Cell match. And, like, I love Edge, but, like, seriously, since he came back from you know, his his retirement injury. I, I just feel like all of his matches I hate to say this, but like have just not held up as much. And I, I really feel like this is also part of it. And they had a good match. It was a lot of fun, but I don't know what the fuck this did for Finn. And uh yeah, I I guess Demon lost towards Edge. This what the fuck was he trying to, like, say this This is Brood Edge? Like, that was what the hell it said? Like, no, it wasn't. He, had, he, like, came, out Chris... a, he, did, he came out the Slayer. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was really cool. That was awesome. I never thought Slayer would be fucking playing for anyone. But, like like I said to you, man, honestly, like, with the fucking metalhead and him saying he's, like, Edge or what, or, uh, I don't know. We're so dumb. It would have been really cool if Undertaker came out since he was there to like give him a little bit of a, approval, and then you could have that, done the same thing with Muda, who was there for uh, you know Finn Balor. That would have been a little bit cool. But either way, I think this just—I don't know. I think I, I really <laughs> feel like that fucking. Finn's head imploding a little bit from the ladder thrown at it kind of took it down, you know, a notch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They finished with a match that they had planned, though. I just they added a couple of minutes to it, but obviously they had time since Shane blew blew out his fucking leg or whatever. How, how, how much do you care about like the whole entire Edge and Finn Balor? I don't. I don't know why they think that Edge and the Brood are such a big part of Edge's career. It's such a very, very, very smart, small part of Edge and Christian. It lasted like 
maybe six months. You know, that's the that's the biggest thing is like I don't understand the whole brood. Like if, if Edge is just like I'm pissed and I like metal, like I would have just ran with that instead of bringing up the brood and dropping black crap from the sky. I remember he was doing that for a little bit, uh, which I'm glad they didn't do that leading into mania. We did get floating heads, though, which was interesting. Um, WWE, they're terrible at uh, anything supernatural or trying to do with the exception of Undertaker, which even Undertaker, if you go back and watch it, is not the best stuff you've ever seen. It's just he is the Undertaker. He's that good in the ring. So you give a lot of it a pass. Whereas uh, Edge, I don't know if you if you can't go in there and have a good match against Balor, I don't know what to tell you. Finn Balor's like, you know, that puts you below Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Just being honest, I love Edge. I do love that we did still get. A, I was really pissed at first. I was like, I love Slayer, but I I need to own the stage. Every time I see Edge, I need to hear that. Um, so the I'll match was fine. <laughs> also, people bearing Edge for throwing this ladder. This is Finn's fault for not putting his fucking hands up. By the way, he just took it like yeah. he was the ECD, ECW wrestler. He was like, oh, I'm going to let him hit me right in the face with that. That'll be good. Um, <laughs> not saying that I'm as good of a wrestler as Finn Balor, but maybe in that moment, <laughs> Dane <laughs> probably would have got my hands up. Hey, hey, Finn, if you're listening to this, um, Chris thinks that you suck at your job. <laughs> No, I so think Finn, being I think a Finn's, bitch, I think Finn's catch right. a ladder. <laughs> Why he doesn't catch it? Just get your hands off. Don't let it directly in the face. Uh, but yeah, he—I mean, he looked like he got hit with a hatchet. Immediately, people started like kind of burying the match. I think the match just is what it was. Like, I don't think Edge is that good at this point in his career. And uh, I mean, most of the cool shit they did was Finn being set up and hit with shit. So Finn was uh, yeah. playing an ECW character. Like, they trapped him in the corner and had him get hit with a bunch of chairs and kendo sticks. And also, another thing about this is they were like, well, we're not going to do colored lights, but we're going to do colored weapons because we need purple versus red or whatever. They, like, spray-painted the weapons, which really took 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 me out of it. <laughs> Up until they pulled... It was bad luck because the uh, the ladder was the one thing that wasn't spray-painted. <laughs> that was the one thing that definitely did the most damage. <laughs> Should have spray painted that as well. Um, you know what? The the funny thing about this, we have not even got to the fucking main event of uh, <laughs> WrestleMania. As as much we we both enjoyed, uh, you know, Finn going against Edge, Edge winning. The last match was. Was Roman Reigns going against fucking uh, look? I'll just say it right here. I predicted that Roman would probably win. The reason why I don't, and I said it earlier, but like I don't see them being completely done with the bloodline. I, I, I don't. And if you have something that's that good, I don't. Like, everyone's going to be like, this is like Sting against fucking Hollywood Hogan at Starcade. Or this is like, uh, uh, you know, whoever. Dust, Dusty against Ric Flair. I mean, 
that's that's very easy to base it off of. Um, I, I I I feel like what we have right now is actually more like Brian Danielson, honestly, um, potentially. And I, I understand where the negative comes from, but I really thought the match was fucking awesome. And I love that the ending, like, you know, Cody did every fucking thing you could think of. And yes, Roman won because Solo Sokoa, who got ejected, came back and still interfered. But still, it's it's... I don't know. I, I just feel like it's beautiful. Let, let's make Cody go even further than he has to. And who knows? If, if it's not like SummerSlam, maybe it's SmackDown at Madison Square Garden, you know, coming up in a couple of weeks. But I don't have a problem with him going against Brock Lesnar. I have no problem with him losing this. And you know, a lot of people do. I realize that. I realize that. But to me, this is more to the story. And like honestly, like without the bloodline WWE, <laughs> I honestly don't know what I would give a flying fuck about. But I mean, he could have lost he could lose the title, the bloodline still exists. They just have to recover from all losing the title. The horsemen have lost the titles before. Just got to come back meaner and more aggressive, right? Like, I I disagree on the, the sense of, like, I, I get what you're saying. And there's no problem with him winning other than you're not going to have another big of moment with Cody winning as you could have had then. And that's probably going to hurt Cody a little bit. It's probably going to turn a lot of fans off who are tired of Roman. They're, they still like the Bloodline storyline, but at the, at the same time, he's beat everybody. He's literally beat everybody on the roster. There's no other, there's no one left now. Any Anyone in the main event, he's beat. He's beat Bobby, he's beat Brock, he's beat Drew. Uh, I mean, Gunther losing the title to Sheamus might be the best thing they could do just because he has not beat Gunther yet. But I'm trying to think of anyone else left for him to beat, and now Cody's tied up with Brock. So... <sighs> Unless they pick like a Braun Breaker, unless that's going to be the thing, as they do Braun Breaker wins Money in the Bank and challenges Roman, that's going to be his big breakout moment or something. Like, I'm trying to think of something that would have made more sense because, I mean, Roman's held the belt for like the combined titles, I guess, for over a thousand days. He's got no one left to run through. So, that, that, that's the only caveat and why I agree with some people that didn't necessarily like the match itself. I thought the match itself was fine. It's doing the thing that a lot of Roman matches have been doing where the last five to 10 minutes, of the match slowed down to a snail's pace and it's finisher, finisher, and then a bunch of interferences. And that was more of my problem with the match, but everything leading up to that um, with him and Cody was really, really good. And it was cool seeing Cody uh, doing this triple going for his triple crossroads only to not be able to pull it out the end because of solo Skoa, And then you get the big spear by Roman and that's it game over. Right. I liked it. I mean, it was shocking. They like to have one big shock moment on 
WrestleMania. I don't necessarily know I would have went this way if it was my company, but yeah, you just sold the company for billions of dollars. <laughs> They're doing okay. I think they will continue to do okay. Uh, and Cody can always win money in the bank, or it's not it's not the end of the world. No. I don't think it's the uh, end of the world, and uh feel like, you know, we have to take our time to really understand what's going on, you know, with these, uh, these wrestling companies, and uh, just specifically, you know, everything that's going on with what we're getting from WWE, let's chill on it. I mean, we got to find out what the hell's happening with it. I know I, I I unfortunately know a lot of people out there they want to disregard immediately. And I know that a lot of that arsenal was supposed to, I think, take place on Dynamite this next week, you know, uh I should say last week, um from uh everything that happened at WrestleMania, but Unfortunately, it didn't show. I I really think that, like, honestly, any fans of the show, try to enjoy the wrestling that you have. And if it's good, enjoy it. If it's not good, then, you know, and I'm not saying that you guys don't have a good reason to dislike anything, but I'm just saying, if it isn't good, then dislike it. Uh, it's it's a really weird concept that uh, <laughs> I'm promoting, but that's how it is. Yeah, I'm going to give a little bit of pass to some of the WWE fans off this weekend, just because the Monday Night Raw following was pretty rough. But yes, I agree with you. Um, I had a I'm lot gonna, of problems I'm gonna, with I'm going to give you guys <laughs> less, less, uh, less. Less of a pass, half a pass. Less, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I hated Dynamite, and that'll piss in a lot of people's tears. I thought that was a very bad show. <laughs> so. Still confused on um, what the fuck's going on with that show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, 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 they got... They got three tiny boys trying to go after your boy MJF, and MJF comes out and does a singing number, which is fine. I get it. He's a heel. But uh, Ricky Starks gets taken out by Jay White, so he's one that's not there. And they're building us up to Jungle Boy versus MJF. That's the main event. I I thought that uh, Daniel Bryan's or Brian Danielson's uh, screwdriver to uh, Adam Page made you. Uh, Cringe. Lose your fucking shit. Your shit. For sure. It was terrible. So now Hangman's going to be walking around with a fucking eye patch on like he's Rooster Colburn <laughs> and True Grit riding horses. <laughs> this is what we're doing. This is the best thing you guys had. Yeah, he's uh... a. <laughs> so the so Metro Cowboy. Rooster Colburn. Is gonna be the next incarnation of Jeff Bridges and fucking and John Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Was this uh, JR, this the one idea they actually listened to Jr. about? It was like, what if he had an eye patch and rode in on a horse? It's like, god damn it, Jr. 
<laughs> I, I, I don't even think that Barry Windham and Magnum TA can fucking help Adam Page climb. Um, well, here's the problem with the fucking eye patch thing. We just saw this in WWE. If someone loses their eye, you have to sell the eye the entire time. <laughs> forever now granted i know people are going to be like well terry funk did it terry funk had like got hit with a wooden chair that broke in half so they used like he got a splinter in his eye uh and he he took my eye lawler but he also left and went to a different territory there is no territories nowadays you're just on tv so (laughs) It's uh, it's not gonna work the same. I know that people want to do the Terry Funk eye story, but it it worked once, and it worked in a very different era of wrestling. And it's also you're trying to do something Terry Funk did, and it's not gonna be as good as when Terry. No. Funk. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Dynamite was 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 not good. I know a lot of people disagreed with me on that because I was I, I buried it really fucking hard because I was like coming out of Mania you guys should have had a big show planned and this was not it MJF's fucking singing and that's oh how how do you like them throwing off the audience with we have a big thing to talk about but it isn't Jay White he's already signed you go you're gonna throw him out real quick he's gonna help Juice Robinson not say a goddamn thing. Really, motherfuckers? Like, really, you could not introduce Jay White, who who everyone thought was a camaraderie between fucking WWE and you. Like, <laughs> is, is there a race between who can get the club back up and running? Is that what's going on? Like, like WWE really, is gonna anyone have... <laughs> give a fuck about the goddamn Bullet Club anymore? He's Bullet Club, so he likes juicing. Uh, yeah, uh, good job. Juice left the Bullet Club though, wasn't he? Didn't he get kicked out on Impact? Remember that was a thing. Uh, I don't care anymore. <sighs> Either way, all right. Well, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> we're done talking about wrestling. So there you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed a nice episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, where we could, uh, you know, talk about WrestleMania. And everything going on with wrestling coming up soon. And hopefully it doesn't implode and uh, destroy us within the next two weeks. I couldn't do this show without myself. Uh, and obviously another person, Christopher Brother A. Patton. Say goodbye to all the lovely people. Plug whatever you want to plug and uh, just, just, you know, be okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right goodbye all the lovely people out there if you want to talk to me on twitter it's at chris r Pat on people. facebook okay. yeah don't yeah, yeah no we're not getting into tna now <laughs> no i'm kidding yeah if you want to talk to me on instagram or facebook christopher.r.patton you guys have a lovely week and uh tune in next week we'll have more to talk about yeah thank you guys for listening to us if you're a new listener, check us out. Uh, we're on every downloadable platform. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Google. You'll find multiple options. Or you can search us on any of the main things, whether it be YouTube, you know, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We do our shows weekly. And we'd love for you to not only listen, but interact with us uh you can find me at dnals42 on twitter 
or Dane Alves on Twitter and Facebook. Hit me up. Let's talk about wrestling. Either way, guys are awesome. Hope you have a wonderful time. Happy Easter. And uh, apparently the rabbit came out. We're going to have six more weeks of winter in the south, I think. I think that's what happens. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll get better at my uh, holidays. (laughs) You guys have a wonderful one. And peace out. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alive. Peace out and let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. All right. There you go. (laughs) Peace out, y'all. I gave up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>